This is a Dece World production in association with Pants Pending Studios. They're not PC So if occasional foul language turns you off Then you have all been warned This is the call before the storm You want to uh, play Roman Polanski and girl trying to audition for a movie in a hot tub? Get ready for the social hour Live from Dece World Studios in Spokane, Washington, this is The Social Hour. On today's show, comic book creator Doug Knight. And now your host. Back from the Caribbean and still trying to get that balloon of heroin out of his ass. Discasius! Mom Teen, everyone, welcome to the show. This is the Social Hour. I am Dees. Thank you for uh, coming around for another episode. Uh, we have a fun show planned for you, as always. Uh, but before we get into it with our guests, guys, as usual, go to DeeseComedy.com. Check out everything going on across the network. Uh, live dates coming up next week. I will be in uh, next weekend, I should say. I'll be in Medford, Oregon at Chadwick's, and I'm going to be in Cottage Grove, Salem, Newburgh. Uh, all of those are in Oregon, Woodland, Washington, and then uh, ending at next the following weekend, the second and third at Joker's Comedy Club in Richland, uh, Washington. So coming back to Tri-Cities, guys, looking forward to that. And then I'll be doing the Dope Show at the Spokane Comedy Club on September 4th. So come check that out, guys. You know, it's always a good time. Plus, me getting high and trying to do comedy is a fucking nightmare. So come check it out, guys. Um, and uh, there are tickets selling for those shows already, so make sure you get them while you can. And, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm back, I'm home, I made it, I'm in studio, and we're going to get into it with our guests today, guys. Our guest is uh, comic book creator, writer, artist, and more, uh, Doug Knight. Doug, how you doing? I am quite well, thank you. How are you? Oh, just doing well, man. Happy to be uh, home, so thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I. This I've been home in, like... It's been like almost six weeks, I think, or some shit like that. It smells better then. Like you get home and it's like that, like, like everything's fresh. Oh God. Yeah. If, (laughs) uh, it's been a, it's been a hell of a, hell of a whirlwind. Just trying to put my life back together. And then I have this thing where every time I get home, my, my girlfriend has decided to rearrange things in the house. So it's always like this, (laughs) Hey, now I get to find where you decided to put shit. And like, um, I don't know if you notice this. Are you married, girlfriend, boyfriend? No, what do you no, got? What are you doing? What are you doing over there? Seven years, but like you're singing to my like my spirit animal, so I'm legally blind, and my wife has the same addiction of moving furniture around. Oh my so god! That's that's that that's spousal abuse right there. That's Spare that's it. Yeah, that's spousal abuse and a hate crime all in one. I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, mm. Jesus Christ. That's that is crazy. The uh yeah, I just like I'm um you know, I feel like men are pragmatic and women are are more uh emotional. It's just, you know, it's the balance. We just it's just like, you know, there's obviously that's a generalization. There's a, you know, whatever fucking exception to the rule, blah blah blah. But like, you know, in general, so like when I put things away, I put them in a certain place that makes sense, that like maximizes space, and I always put yeah. them in the same place because the last thing I want to do ever is have to look for something. Like I don't want to have to spend yeah, yeah. time looking for something, you know? So yeah. when you know, she like moves shit around or puts them in random places and I'm like, "Do you just hate yourself where you want to spend half of your how much how much of your life at the end of your, you know, when you're talking to St. Peter at the Pearly Gates?" How much percentage of your life do you want to find out you spent just looking for shit that you tricked yourself into hiding from yourself? You know, <laughs> she'll be busy to see like digging through her uh, her fanny pack to see where her keys are to even have the conversation with Saint Peter. Yeah, right. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Where are those guys? Yeah, which I, the, it's uh, it's such a. Oh shoot! Did they turn the stove off before I got here? Yeah, right. Yeah, I gotta. What what happened? It's just such a. So I'm like trying to readjust and figure out where everything in my home is, um, which is always a good time. But uh, I mean, it is. My biggest like uh, piece of advice to not just you but anybody in a relationship is uh, try not to give her any kind of side eye when you put your wallet down in the, the spot where your wallet goes because that's the first way to instigate like chaos. Yeah. It's just like I'm putting this here. You know, and then you got to hope that it's not like received the shots fired. <laughs> right. This is where I expect it to be when I come back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I had a buddy who I used to live with and we worked together, too. So every day we would just ride, you know, we wake up and we ride together to work. We sold cars together. And it was always he was always late because we'd wake up and he's like, what do I do with my keys? What do I do with my wallet? What do I do with my cell phone? I'm like, motherfucker. You are 35 years old. Put them in the same goddamn place every day, yeah. and we will not have... And every day, it was the same thing. Like, I literally built him, like, a little basket, but there was, like, by the front door that he could put all his shit in. So I'm like, just put it there, and then you never have to look for it. And it's, it's still... He still couldn't manage, so... Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's like, the, the necessities of, like, uh, efficiency. They're, they're tough to do, like... Uh, my backpack, like I try to cram as much stuff into my backpack that I know is where it goes so that like, you know, it's that, like, it's the same as my like tool bag and stuff, right? Yeah. Like, I'll jam my hand into my tool bag and like, by, you know, God's grace, I won't slice it off of any of the plumbing stuff or fires <laughs> or anything. Like I'll pull out whatever I need because it's just like, you know where everything goes. But like, I swear to you, if, if my wife had her hands on my tool bag, I'd probably lose a finger. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you would know in an instant if someone's been fooling with your tool bag. Uh, I'll get like, I get those calls too. Like, hey, where's that hammer thingy? Um, it's <laughs> with me. What, what, what do you need that hammer thingy for? Well, like, I want to put something up. Well, can you just wait for me to get home? Okay. And then you get home and like the kids rat her out instantly. Mom stood on a chair and she used her <laughs> shell. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have those kids dropping dimes for you on mom. Oh, yeah, but they're just as bad with me, right? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, they have no alliances. Those those yeah, you should have of... heard what dad said. <laughs> yeah, there's no loyalties of those sons of bitches. It's whoever's, you know, holding the holding the Pacific Coast Capri Sun, uh, or whatever. I don't know what kids drink these days. I'm very out of it's touch. Really it's still classic. <laughs> um so you you said something a minute ago, you said you were legally blind, is that right? Yeah. Wow. That means I almost made it. <laughs> You're almost there. Uh, so how, um, this is going to sound like maybe an absurd question, but what does that mean? You know, has that always been that way or is, is what, ha you know? Yeah. So my last memory of clear vision was at about uh, probably four years old. And I was at the mall with my mom and my sisters. And I still remember seeing this kick-ass shiny store from about 500 feet away. And, uh, and I didn't know what was in it, but I knew that it looked good, so I made my way there, and these beautiful Italian women treated me to juice and cookies until my mom, in a panic, found me about a half hour later. And like, so I used to, like, I'll still go back to that mall, and I have that memory, mm, like, interesting. like, that last thing. Um, but I guess by six, most of the damage was done by the brain tumor that I have, um, where it, uh, it set up shop, and it shook the bejesus out of my optic nerves. Um, and so that caused pieces to break off. Oh, so what I get God, is yeah. like my eyeballs are perfectly healthy, but by the time the image reaches my brain, um, it like the, uh, the, the like clarity drops off into, you know, uh, an abyss of nothingness. Um, so like I, uh, you know, my eyes are all loopy because it's like when you're, um, when you're trying to autofocus your camera and it's like, yeah, yeah. So that's what my eyes are always doing, kind of bouncing around to try to find the sweet spot. Oh, my God. They just don't know it's never going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> eyeballs. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, so um, my, like, the, the number uh, for my um, eyesight is 8 over 400. Um, so what you're picking up at 400 feet, I'm getting around 8 feet. Mm. Um, and uh, oh, I got to tell they're trying to break in right now. Um, and, uh, and so the, you know, for stuff like driving, um, I can't make out the contrast of the lights far enough in advance to be able to react, mm. um, safely. Yeah. Um, so you just so, drive you know, recklessly. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I probably would drive uh, maybe as comparably as like some of the other people in my uh, my city-based demographic. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's still not, not enough. Like, you know, I don't mind ruining a day, but I don't want to ruin somebody's uh, existence, you know? Right, right. So no driving, so, is that... Yeah, no driving. Skateboarding is still okay, though. Okay, so, yeah, that's just your own yeah, existence. Yeah. You can put that yeah. at risk. I did uh, an interview the other night, and uh, the the person whom I was speaking with, she says, uh, you know, do you do you ever use your cane? Like, if you're trained with it, do you use it to, like, cross streets and, you know, kind of exercise safety? I was like, I honestly haven't broken it out since I bent it skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it just, uh, it, it puts me at the, like, the line where it's like, um, if you need like even halfway decent eyesight to do something, I kind of need, I kind of like already know that it's just not, it's not there for me. And like, uh, legally I'm liable if I were to do something, um, knowing that, you know, my, my eyesight's not going to help me out. Yeah. But like, like I've been tattooing for 10 years. Um, so, you know, you can do the math on that one. Um, yeah. But is but, that uh, easier yeah. cause you're close up? So you can. Um, I actually had to get special glasses that are my prescription, like these great big magnifiers on them. So it sets me at like a safe working distance. Cause like it's great to be close, but like there's like this like real invisible fine spray stuff that no one tells you about. Sure. So you want to try to be a little bit back from there. That makes sense. Uh, now, was this. Them, it's, it's like it's like a trip to the cosmos because it's like I'll put them on and I swear to God, it feels like somebody snaps a bubble across my existence. Like you put them on, just go. <laughs> everything is like right there All so like um even to refill like my my tube or whatever i'll be working away you know leave them all uh all happy go to reload and like i have to like swing my eyesight above my glasses because if i try to look that much farther than what they facilitate everything just goes it's mental sometimes but, um, you know, it's worth it to be able to pursue my passion and yeah. make, uh, make money doing cool things. Now, now was this all just like an elaborate ruse to be able to, uh, tell Three girls movies. you couldn't see so you could feel them up and then you've met your wife and now you just have to keep going with it. You're like, I'm just, I've, I'm, I'm into, you're like Serpico, you know, you're like, you're in too deep. You just, you don't know if it's real or fake anymore. Like, I don't even know if I'm actually blind anymore, man. I just gotta, no. It was, it was, uh, it started out because the free movies were kind of a cool perk. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, you know, they, they had to start changing all that, you know, I get, uh, admission with the plus one to most places. So that's, uh, that's also a benefit. There you Cost go. me, you know, a little bit of brain safety, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, what's a little, a little brain. Yeah, what's a little chemotherapy, right? Um, but, uh, you know, my wife, like when we first started dating, like she had like, like no idea like how poor my eyesight was mm. like um we met totally organically like um she was a student in the fashion program and i was doing anything that i could do to like take a day off from my apprenticeship so um like we met and you know she got my number and like it was all good we didn't talk for a few weeks but when we finally got together you know it was like this this huge adventure where like i take her around downtown toronto um and, you know we'd hop on the subway and like i you know, like I'm having the time of my life. You know, look at what we can do, accomplishing things across the subway. You know, little does she know that like that Honda Civic isn't there on the other end. You know, <laughs> um, but like you know, we go to restaurants, and she'd say, "What do you want?" And you know, I'd be like, "Oh, I'll get that thing over there, playing it cool, right?" Which by that thing over there was like whatever was on the biggest sign advertising whatever right. was new. Right? So <laughs> let me get one of them double crunch wrap uh, spicy majiggers over there. That looks good. <laughs> Right. And then so you, I, I made it stretch for a little while. But uh, when we went to Cuba together, you know, after a few months of being, you know, with one another, um, we're walking down the beach one morning and uh, and I see like a rotund woman, you know, way off in the distance, sun tanning. But it was overcast. And I'm thinking, whatever, do your best life, lady. Like, good for you. Yeah. You yeah. Just got away for a couple of minutes. Right. And so we're walking and like I look over and my, you know, my wife and girlfriend is kind of like. She's giving me like a bit of side eye, right? And it was like, eh, whatever, maybe she's still waking up. I'm not a morning person. I don't know her that well yet. Um, so we keep walking and the rotan lady kind of shifts into like a couple kids building a sandcastle. And so I'm just like, ah, all right, unattended miners building sandcastles in the Caribbean. Right on. Good for them. I hope the parents are having a sleep, you know? Look back. My wife's like six feet behind me, kind of getting real crusty, right? And so I, whatever, it's a nice holiday. I'm not going to let her attitude bring me down. I keep walking while those kids building a sandcastle turn into like a uh, like a you know 
thin European lady taking pictures in her bathing suit of the, the ocean, right? And I'm just like, oh, cool. It's not what I thought I was. It was a lady taking pictures. I like, I keep walking. When I turn around, my like wife is like 20 feet behind me, like stomping on baby jellyfish. She's so mad, right? <laughs> I'm like, what is, what's your problem? She's like, you didn't take your eyes off that lady the whole way up the beach. And, you know, I was like, oh, we, we got to have a real hard talk here. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that you were all, you were already holidaying together and still ke- uh, keeping secrets. That's the, that's the, that's the key. That's when you know a relationship's going to last. <laughs> well, you know, it was like, it was so beautiful. And like, it was like the, that heat was there. And it's like, we didn't care. We were just excited sure. that someone was just as crazy as the other person to get away and have a good time. Right. So we actually, we, I think we we're only together for like three months, at which point, like, we were like, we had that conversation. Should we tell people we've been together longer so they don't judge us? Right. <laughs> that, how was Cuba? I was asking, I was talking to my cab driver in the Bahamas on my way to the airport port to fly out the other day. And he, you know, it's fairly close to Cuba. He's talking about Cuba and he, he'd been there. And I'm like, I've always wanted to go, uh, you know. Uh, we until recently had that crazy embargo with Cuba. We, mm-hmm. we and still difficult to travel there for for Americans, but you can. You it's just it. a little, you know. There's it's not as easy as just you know heading to fucking Biloxi or some shit. Um, yeah. So what, what was Cuba like? Um, so we stayed on Cayo Coco, which like um, I guess is a border protected tourist peninsula. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of the locals that go there have to show a work visa to cross the border every day for work. So it's like, we got like, like for sure it was like Cuba light. Sure. Yeah. Very uh, insulated. uh, So like you could take the bus into the cities and, uh, and like when you got to the city, like the, the, you know, uh, travel rep, you could see that like, as soon as the bus stopped, they're like, all right, man, my cousins are all around you. Like you just go do your thing. Right. Like they didn't really care. Um, so the, the city, was like incredibly vibrant and like full of, you know, like culture and history that like, you know, I obviously wasn't able to like fully grasp. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was cool. I think that like, um, if you're a confident individual, like just going and experiencing the culture would be super sick. Learning how to speak Spanish would probably help you too, because like, you know, uh, I I got like cuantos and like five pesos. Like that's all I got out out of my trip there. Um, oh no! You know, no, 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 se habla, no se habla español. I, I speak terrible French, man. I okay. know how to ask for the, ask for the bathroom. And sure. That was an excuse to get out of class for twenty minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was. Uh, toilet, s'il vous plaît. Oh yeah, sure, Doug. I'll see you at the end of the period. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so, um, so it, I like I, because Spanish is the second spoke, like second most spoken language. It's definitely on my list of things that I mm. you know want to add to because I have so much time as it is. Um, but the Cuban experience was like, it was cool to see the kind of industry that they've built on their limited resources. Um, so like their breakfasts were like, just with her fucking bomb, right? Like fresh baked croissants and like the omelets had like all the fresh ingredients and stuff in it. But then like around lunchtime, you could eat a couple like uh, tortilla pizzas and it was passable, but you didn't care because it was just hot and you're hungry. Dinner time was a bit of a shit show. It was like, you got to like uh, something that's kind of, kind of beefish. Mm-hmm. And then some that like so like the veggies were like pretty on point, but the seasoning is like like you're not going there for like a full culinary like uh, mind blowing experience, right? Yeah, it's um, it, Cuban food's much more. It's fairly simple, but if done right, can be so damn good. Yeah, but that and that's the experience that you're gonna get from like from like the uh, like you know ethnically like enriched experience, right? We were like in the like the okay. The white people they want the chicken, so they get the chicken. Yeah, yeah. You know? And like, and there was no like, like you're expecting like you know this pop of flavor and stuff. But like, you know, I have a, a friend of mine, and he's um he's an immigrant from Cuba. Um, he's been here for like 12 years, but like, you know, you, you sit down and talk about it, and he's like, oh man, they're lining up for three days right now to get bottled water. You know, and so it's just like, wow. You know, the Cuban food from Miami apparently is incredible, but that's because they've got Whole Foods and, uh, you know. Yeah, they can they, they can source the ingredients like, a little easier. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they're like, this is what a Cubano should taste yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, they've um, got, you know, they can get those uh, luxury ingredients, you know, like pickles. Um, yeah. <laughs> the So, um, 
the uh, so I know legally blind. You said from a from a tumor you've had since you were a kid too. That's crazy. Is that yeah. so? Yeah. Is can I ask? Is you still currently have the tumor? Is it is it what's the is there a status the on that? Is still residing within my skull. Okay, so is it in the uh, uh, what do they call it? The area where they can't operate, like it's it's inoperable. Is that is or is you know what's? Yeah, yeah you got it. Without beating around the medical bush, you're able to uh, hone in on that terminology. Perfectly. Yeah, there. Um, it's, it's the the so the fifth issue of my book. Like I, I did nine books digitally. Um, so the fifth issue, I took. Um, like I don't know how it is for you guys, but like. You know, universal healthcare sometimes is cool for us, and that like they've given like full access to all your medical records and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so like now, I, instead of like knocking on a doctor's door for six months to get like one picture released, I just click a button and they give me my whole medical record since I was like you know wow. a little knee high to a small fry. Yeah. Um. So I've got like access to all my MRI files. Um. So the fifth book, I took one of my MRIs. It was a top-down view where you can see the contrast illuminating the uh, the tumor. Yeah. Um. And then I just like pimped it out with all sorts of like digital effects and like made it look real cool. Um. But it's basically like like how the bone the brain scoops down like and then at that little point where it like turns into like little mini brain attached to the big brain slab. Um. There's the little bow tie that's the pituitary gland that sits right there. Um. And so the optic nerves. Um, they cross over and your right eyeball goes to your left side and your left eyeball goes to your right side. Right. So that intersection is the optic chiasm. Um, so the tumor sits on the pituitary gland and then it's just like all holed up like a little solo, like <laughs> and just kind of going like this. Wow. <laughs> you know? So um, like chemo and everything was able to control that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, as you kind of mentioned, it was especially at the time in the uh, ye old early 90s, um, it was a little dicey for them to go in there to try to extract what wasn't hurting me anymore. Um, and so they got it under control probably by about just before my eighth birthday. Um, and then uh, by the time I was like 14, you know, I was still following up and they're just like, well, your tumor isn't growing. They're like, that's good. They're like, but you're still four foot four and getting fatter than you are tall, you know? So that's when I kind of discovered that on top of, you know, shit poor eyesight, um, I was also suffering from like diminished um, testosterone and like all the things that were jumpstarting puberty. Um, so then I had to hulk out for the next like six years doing growth hormones and, uh, and testosterone supplements mm. um, just to like catch myself up to, you know, the standard um, the standard guy. So, sure. um, you know, luckily, luckily they were able to engineer me pretty, pretty good and pretty stout. <laughs> um, but, uh, it was, it was a happy day when they're like, okay, we're going to pull you off the HGH. And I was like, sweet. Can yeah. I come Olympics? They're like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that's so, um, I mean, that's, that's, that's wild. You know, the, uh, um, I mean, what an experience I must've been at that age going through that. Um, can I ask like now, is it, uh, is it like the type of thing where, you know, you still have regular checkups, but it's, you know, no growth. It's just kind of handled your, you know, regular life from here on out. Or is there still, you know, do they still regular MRIs to make sure there's no growth? I mean, what's the, what's the prognosis yeah. now and moving forward? Yeah. I'm not about to jump into any like uh, full contact football leagues. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> Trying try to minimize the softening of my, my skull. Sure. Yeah. Um, so like, obviously like the, the, the worry is that any kind of like jolt or jar could whatever say, Hey, wake up or whatever. So I'm cautious about that. But, but yeah, every two years I go to a, um, I go get an MRI and then I have a quick follow up. Um, and then, so I, I would say that like, there is like this five minute span when I'm laying on the MRI table and you know, it's doing dubstep for me. Um, and, uh, and I'm just kind of like, oh shit, I got a wife and kids and like, if yeah. this is bad news, you know, like um, it might get real sour for the next like couple of years. Um, and then like, you know, I set back up and, and it's just like, you know what? We're good, you know, and I reinforce the PMA there. Um, and so like, and then I'll have like the doctor's appointment and like, you know, the, it's always the same thing. Like there's no movement, you know, and again, they released the like files to us now. So you can read the report before you talk to the doctor, Yeah. which I don't know if it's good or bad because like, 
you know, I never thought I could speak uh, medical jargon until I started reading it. I'm like, oh, bilateral of the blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, blah. Let me just Google what that means real quick. Yeah, I got you know? so yeah, I can. I, I had my first appointment. I'm like, uh, said something about fluid. What's the fluid all about? You know, and uh, but like, you know, it's the same stuff that they would have read about anyways, but they're just like, we're not going to tell you because it's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, so long-term follow-up is the, the name of the game. And then like, um, you know, just if the if the worry monkey kind of jumps on my back, I, you know, feed him a nanner and tell him to fuck off a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, because like I've made it this far and, and touch wood, you know, it's lots left. It's just I see it as I call it the Doug Pebble. It's just like this little atrophied like, uh, you know, Greedo that's sitting in my brain, plotting its revenge on me somewhere. Yeah. But but so I mean the uh, oncologists and stuff feel conf. I mean they're you know they they feel like it, it's at this point you're just. I think they get annoyed by seeing me honestly. <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> sign when you only see them twice a year, Doug. Uh, <laughs> every what, once every two years. Oh gee, yeah. I don't even remember his anniversary anymore. <laughs> That's uh yeah well well good man well what uh, I'm glad it's under control and uh, you know not really uh, a worry anymore. But what was that, I mean, what was your experience as a kid, you know? Because what you said, you found out when you were six, and you, do you, I, sh- I assume you were old enough to remember it all. Yeah, like, I remember pretty much every, like, that's why I can, I can write my book with such uh, accuracy to some of my stories, is because, like, you know, whatever my body, you know, processed as, like, traumatic stress or whatever, like, I hold on to um, everything. Like, I remember... Um, I remember sitting in the pediatrics office at like four and a half or five or whatever. And like the doctor with this crazy curly mullet looking at my parents and saying, well, his migraines are like, you know, he's the middle child. So he's just seeking attention, you know, like uh, whatever. So like, I remember that, you know, it's like young and the restless where it feels like there's like this haze of Vaseline over everything. Yeah. Like I still remember the, the conversation. And then I remember like the headaches. I remember going to um, sick kids and meeting my ophthalmologist for the first time. You know, and then, like, I remember my dad, the only time I ever saw my dad cry as a kid was, like, you know, in the stairwell there or whatever. Um, but that was the last time because after that, it was, like, you know, rah-rah and, like, you know, PMA because my parents were, you know, they were unstoppable forces. Like, they were, they, they kept working. Um, you know, my, I have an older sister and a younger sister. Um, you know, they, they may or may not have forgotten a birthday here and there, but they still, they still did good by us. Um and, uh, you know, my, my dad sat down with the oncologist and he's like, what do we do? And he's like, normalize. You want to play hockey? Put him in hockey camp. You want him to, you know, uh, he likes to draw, let him draw, you know, like don't let him do anything that he thinks he can't do, uh, you know, until you find out that it's just too much for him. And then you can find somewhere to adapt around it. Right. That's what they did. They encouraged positivity my whole life, you know? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, Sure, Doug, you want a tattoo? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, you want a skateboard? All right. You going to wear a helmet? Not today, huh? Okay, just don't go down that hill. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, God, I, I just, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Uh, I mean, what was it like? Like, what were your feelings when you, like, did, did the doctor tell you, did the doctor tell your parents and then your parents broke it to you? Like, what was that? Uh, in the room, so like, when my ophthalmologist, um, okay, so two steps before, pediatric, uh, whatever, he says, I'm just attention seeking. So by me headbutting concrete, it's just like trying to get them to look at me, not my baby sister or whatever. And, right? what, and you were, so then, what, sorry to interrupt real quick there, but like you're headbutting yeah. concrete because was there, was it because of pain? Was there irritation? Was you're just, yeah, you're just like, confused? As a kid, like to like, I watch my children now try to express it. Like my little guy, my youngest guy, broke his arm a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, and so like, you know, I knew that something was wrong because he couldn't squeeze my finger and that like his cry was different, right? Okay. So it's like yeah. I think about like how could I have ever told my parents that I had like a mind crushing headache, you know, other than like just try to get it out, right? Just, yeah. Like, you know, try to like deal with it. Um, so that's that's what I did. So I mean. It was probably counterproductive to the the whole looks thing, um, but you know it got them to take me to the doctors. Yeah. But I still remember again like the light shining into my eyes, um, the frown on the nice guy's face, and then like him turning and the the creak of the chair. And well, I can definitely see that there's a mass 
where there shouldn't be a mass, you know? Mm. And like, like, dude, it took me so long to realize that that bright light, like, turns everything translucent and they can see into the back of your head, like, you know? So it's, uh, it was kind of, you know, I remember all that. Um, and then, um, just like the, yeah, I remember the same appointments where it was, you know, they would talk about what they needed me to hear. And then it was like, well, Doug, do you want to go draw for a couple minutes? And then they would have their conversations about whatever. Yeah. Um, so like flat, you know, fast forward to like, so I was at sick kids in Toronto until I was 18 and they released me to adult care. Um, but they had me there to like the very last day of like their allowance to keep people for long-term follow-up. So, so you, um, I mean, you didn't live there. You were just there regularly for care. Just like regular. regular. I knew yeah. like where the beef stroganoff was coming yeah. out. I knew when the chicken parm was <laughs> on menu. Like I knew when the good eats were around. Um, but like, you know, we were walking down the hallway one day when I was like, you know, a maturing teenager. And one of the nurses walked back. My God, Dougie Knight. Wow, buddy, look at you. We almost lost you a couple times, eh? Well, God, I'm so happy to see you. And then she keeps walking. And I'm like kind of let it fly right <laughs> like starts building up like uh hey mom what you mean by it? almost lost me a couple times oh she must have got you confused with someone else. <laughs> 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 so like i do i remember like um like there was this i had to finish my chemo early because they switched over one of the drugs in it and my body went into anaphylactic mm-hmm. uh anaphylactic shock so like they pumped me full of like the the good stuff and then like it felt like all of my like my veins and everything were like swelling and my fingers would get itchy from the inside and like like i remember like that that moment where you're on the like the bed and like the heartbeat was so slow that it was the loudest thing in my ears and like um you know and like like i remember all of this stuff and then i remember just like you fall asleep you wake up you feel better um but like it's just it's crazy to like to be able to visit that stuff so vividly um, and then to look back at it now through a more like positive scope. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did, did w- w- as a kid, it's so interesting. It's just, uh, you know, as a kid, you, you don't know how to process that stuff. And I always say when you're, when you're young, you don't, you know, you're, you're dumb, but not by your own fault. Even you just don't know anything cause you haven't had experiences. You know, your, your reality is just your, like, yeah, you know, your reality is just what you live in and you don't know any. It's like, you know, kids who are fucking drinking dirty stream water in Africa, they don't know what a fucking bottle does. They don't know they're missing a bottle of Dasani, you know. They just think yeah. that's water or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is just your reality. You did did you yeah. did you have moments of uh you know, thinking it was you weren't going to make it or d- were there times where you were like I- I, I might not be an adult. Yeah, well, I think just like just like that moment that I just talked to you about, like where I remember like like the the horrible feeling of like it felt like you know my my fingertips and my toes were going to explode, and then my heartbeat like slowing down. That was like the the first time where I was just like, this sucks, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and luckily like they kind of determined that like everything had been stem clear able to stop it for me, but um, you know the. The original oncology floor at SickKids was like real narrow. And so they used to be like, uh, you'd almost hear the hesitation in the nurse, like, uh, can we see Doug Knight in the IV room, please? <laughs> <laughs> you just hear like, like everybody was, okay, everybody clear out, clear, he's coming. And you just hear it like, as soon as I hear, yeah! <laughs> you know, and like, I would, I would grab onto every single door frame, and my poor parents would like, It'd be like, uh, like Dr. Fantastic and like, you know, um, the human torch trying to like kick my arms and like everything to like dislodge me from everywhere until we got there. And then they had to fight with me to get the injections in. Um, so it was like, it was shit. Yeah. Um, but my mom finally, like she explained it to me. I was like, why are you doing this to me? She's like, okay. So like, uh, you know, like the white ranger, you like the, like, like you could see her wheels turning. She's like, you know the Power Rangers? I'm like, yeah. She's like, you know the White Ranger? I'm like, yeah, he's the best. She's like, yeah, we got to put the White Ranger into your brain to fight the monster that's trying to hurt you, right? And so I was like, load me up. Yeah, like, <laughs> let's go. Um, so it was like, it took that, like, rationality to, like, speak to me as a child to kind of, like, get me to, like, 
you know, be okay with like the crumminess of the next three days. Because for me, it was like um, the chemo clinic was on Thursdays and then Friday through Sunday um, were just like the most wretched like vomit sessions. Um, so again, like to be there as a kid, like to this day, like I hate puking. Like if I know that my, my like my body's like about to like, you know, do something, I'm like, fuck it. I'll go to the bathroom, I'll slam it back there, go good, 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 and just like get it all out because it's like <laughs> I hate that inevitable build up thing. Yeah. You know, I remember being like like crippled in like discomfort on a floor, just waiting for that like bubble to pop. Um, but you know, my parents would still have to work. So they'd send me to live with or to be hang out with my grandparents and they would treat me like gold for like the next forty eight hours. So it was like great memories after or through it, but they did a good job of insulating me from like the, the awfulness of it. Um, the, um, uh, damn, I just lost it. I had something. Uh, must be need more coffee. Um, (laughs) but like the, the whole, the whole experience, like, oh, that's what it was. So like every once a month or wherever my treatments were on Wednesday night, those sneaky bastards would take me and my sisters to the sizzler. And okay. uh, being a child of a modest age, Sizzler was an all-you-can-eat buffet. I don't know if it was there in the states or not. Yeah, yeah, but, I do uh, recall Sizzler's. All you know that uh, it kind of Sizzler. I was gonna say that's almost like uh, be like, goddamn, this is worse than the chemo. Because Sizzler became a punchline in, in the states at a certain point of like uh, a really being a really like. But it was. It used to be not. I mean, maybe I was just grew up poor. But like, it was considered nice when I was younger. And then as, as I as I got older, it was like a punchline of. Uh, you know of a, of a restaurant <laughs> yeah yeah so but like it was but for a kid they got a jello cart yeah yeah all you can eat hot dogs and they got like uh like like unlimited grilled cheese right so like they take us to the sizzler and i'd be like stuffing my face oh man can i go for dessert and my parents got all of them oh yeah man yeah, yeah go get whatever you want you know go get and so you come back and like this is great, you know. My sisters and I were all having a blast, and then like, uh, so tomorrow, who do you want? Who do you want to have take you to the hospital? <laughs> yeah, fuckers <laughs> trick me. <laughs> yeah, to this day you have like PTSD every time you see a sizzler. You're like, no, I'm not going. You can't take no, me. No, no, shut down a long time ago. They they knew I was coming for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. The uh, well, shit, man. That's a hell of a uh, a hell of a origin story do you to be able to go from you know um tumor brain tumor blindness um the uh you know i mean how did that affect your teen years though i mean you know what is such a pivotal time too i mean was was that difficult going into high school and stuff like that yeah like i had um like basically a boy's body all the way until i was like 18 um so like you know, obviously, like, the social insecurities of, like, seeing all my friends get girlfriends and, like, um, you know, everybody was, like, you know, getting a nice thick beard and sprouting up and getting, like, man chest and, you know, just dripping with, like, aggression and testosterone. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, I want to draw. See you guys, you know, I'm going to skateboard. But, you know, like, I was just, like, I was always reserved. Um, so it that was very much, like, a huge filtered, like, experience where I was an outsider to outsider. Um, but the... Uh, you know, I like I look back and like anybody that I was friends with then, I kind of I'll issue an apology once in a while. I was like, I was an angry person, wasn't I? Right? And like, yeah, that's why we didn't talk to you for three or four years, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it was just like my parents kept me playing hockey. They kept me, you know, busy and uh, and continued to support my art and stuff. Um, and they they kept me on track with my medic my medical stuff. So, um, you know, I I look back at it now and like my biggest like the thing that i hated most is basically just school you know like i just hated like the the everything except for art class and the good teachers that i had um but uh i don't know man like socially like i didn't date until i was into my like my late teens like early 20s yeah Um, you know i like i left high school and jumped into the tattoo industry like i skipped graduation because i was getting paid nothing for being counter staff at a shop my mom found out she just about skinned me, right? Um, <laughs> but I was just like, what? I'm done. I graduated. Look, I made honors. It's no big Yeah, I deal. did it. I don't need to you know? go walk. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I was done, I was done. And I felt like once I was done high school, kind of like the, um, 
everything started for me, you know? Um, and now I can look back and like, I've got like, you know, it's like that. What would you say to yourself, right? If you could talk to your, your, your childhood self or whatever, and I would just say like, be a little, like be like 60% less angry. You know, yeah, I would um, say I would tell myself to do more drugs. Um, (laughs) You grew up in a scary time. uh, I grew up in a scary time in a scary place. Uh, So (laughs) like like do more drugs now with the exception of, I guess, for you guys, like on a federal level. Right. Like it's pretty okay to give that advice to like people that have access to it. Right. But like, you know, I, I still remember like my friends like you know i'm straight edge like i've never smoked never drank never did anything like i figured i'm already working with like enough of a stacked deck that like i don't need to add impairments on top of my sure yeah yeah um but like (laughs) i still remember my friends like 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 hiding you know their little nug from me because they're afraid that i would smell it and like chastise them for it and like you know i had no officiation to the law or anything it's just like you know (laughs) it's like Hey, 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 let's go around back. You know, like, Doug doesn't need to be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they were nice enough to consider you in that. Then. Yeah, they were pretty solid, man. Uh, so now now you're doing, uh, you're all grown up. You beat a tumor. You got a uh, wife and kids. You're uh, uh, doing this comic book, uh, Chiasm. And now Chiasm, you said it earlier, but what is a Chiasm? Okay, so the unless the definition has changed, um, it is a intersection uh, or a cross-section where opposing concepts or forces um, meet and um, cross over with one another. Um, so in my, like for the medical sense, the optic chiasm mm. is where the optic nerves cross over and the information going to your brain gets switched um, and flipped Got to it. how you perceive it. Okay. Um, you know, Alternatively, it's just it's a really horribly spelt word that's just going to get everybody fighting over it um, for the next foreseeable few decades. How uh, how do you spell it? C H I A S M. Uh, okay, okay, yeah, like chasm with an I. Okay, yeah, you got it. Um, I, I it was funny. I did a, I did my first comic shop crawl today to go like shake hands and be friendly, um, and like. You know, for sure, a few of the vendors were just like, oh, it's not Chasm? It's like, no, bro, it's Chiasm. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just like, don't worry, man. You're not the only person that gets, you know, fucked up when you try to say it. Like, it's all part of the, part of the, like, the mythology of it, right? Is like, um, I want, like, legions of nerds to be like, it's pronounced Chasm. Right. You know? <laughs> like, have them arguing about it. That'd be. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, now, is this your first comic book venture or have you done stuff before? Um, I started writing this book, uh, 2019, late 2019. So it was like the first time that like, um, I started to tackle my projects from the ground up. Um, you know, at the ripe age of seven, I had a very official submission to Marvel that, uh, that came back with a big old rejection stamp on it. So I said, I'll check you guys in a couple of years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but uh, as a writer or an artist, you sent them something. Oh man, I've been doing it all myself since the beginning. Okay, you okay, know? he's so, hold the whole thing then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I couldn't figure out why they weren't accepting braille submissions at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, so since chiasm, I've branched out and I've like, you know, I think that the best way to not burn out on something is by um, you know diversifying and doing different things. So I've got like a project that's exploring the creative process in itself. Um, and that's like, uh, all graphics and very little words other than like the, you know, big automatopias that splash across the page. Yeah. Um, I've got another one called the super wicked white cell squadron and it sounds as targeted as I plan on making it because it's going to be my all ages, like love letter, the power Rangers that I want to get into every children's hospital. Okay. Um, You know, really, really target the feel goods. Um, I've got, uh, I've got a couple other projects that I'm working on with some other folks that have kind of, uh, cued in on, on my, um, my work ethic and what I've got. Um, and then I also got to do a project with, uh, there's a band called Murder by Death. Um, and, uh, I've been a fan of those guys since I was like probably 17 or whatever. Um, and, uh, I guess last year around March, I did a strip for one of my favorite songs by them and I shouted them out on Instagram and like, 
you know, they shared it and it ended up, you got all the comments like, uh, like, Hey, Oh God, I would buy this comic book. Oh, this would be sick as a book. You guys got to make a graphic novel like this would, you know, and then like in September, um, I got this email like, Oh, Hey, if memory serves, didn't you make a strip? And we're thinking about making a comic book. And like, I did a deep dive on their social and didn't see any comic strips preceding that. So I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I might just take like a, a little nugget of credit for, um, kickstarting that so um so they like they had like 20 different artists do three page stories um and uh and then they put that on their kickstarter for their last album drop um and they they raised like 400 grand for it or something wow. so like um when i saw kind of the success of a uh, uh you know international band i was like i guess there's hope for me <laughs> <laughs> there's still time uh, but it did it, it it ignited that like uh, self interest in me to to really want to like give it a shake and um, and start uh, you know bringing my my paperback existence to uh, to the world. So tell us uh, about what what is chiasm though the story the the comic book what is uh, what's it about? So it's a, a sci fi retelling of my life as a childhood cancer survivor. Uh, except you take the chemotherapy out of there and you insert alien molecules. Um, and then, uh, I know from there you get, um, it's a, it was a good way to be able to accentuate kind of like body horror aspects of, uh, growing up with like, uh, uh, an invisible disability kind of thing. Um, and then it also allowed me to cover him in, um, crazy bio armor that, uh, you know, um, is a reflection of my favorite genres of tattooing. Okay. Um, so, uh, so it's a pretty, it's a, it's a deep concept. Like the more that I sit down and brainstorm it, the bigger it gets. Um, you know, there's, there's the whole playoff of like, you know, the character Desmond Phillips wasn't the only person to get the molecule because, you know, it's not Harry Potter. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, several kids in the study, um, who had a varying degree of, you know, disabilities or, uh, cancers or, diseases uh were all put to the test with this molecule and so you got like this this whole gambit of like people that um were successfully uh you know paired with the molecule and then other people who you know um the molecule might have cured them of what ailed them but enhanced the negative aspects of um what the disease caused for them um so just like you know a thing where it's like um i want i want somebody to pick the book up and then, like, if it's a random issue, I want them to feel like there's some beat in it that, like, allows them to relate to whether it's a fact that they, like, hate the cowlick that they can't get rid of or, yeah. uh, you know, feel like uh, their their face is disintegrating every time their eyes go lazy and people are trying to figure out what part of their forehead to look at to not make <laughs> it weird, right? Now, is this a, so is this an ongoing series, a limited series, or how is it written? Uh, how is it written out? Uh, I've got 34 years of good storytelling to draw off of. Um, so if I can't keep that going, uh, <laughs> I should probably just go back to, uh, to dancing for my money. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, so it's ongoing. Like I created nine in a frenzy of, uh, trying to st- st- uh, stick myself to like a month deadline per full 24 page book. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, um, there's definitely room to improve what I've already created and tighten up and, you know, kind of rejigger. But like, as far as it all goes, like I've got concepts for, you know, what if diversions where it's like um, uh, one of the molecules is sacrificed and then he has to live with, you know, a full body of say like biomechanical or bioorganic where it's like, say he wears the all bioorganic and it's, just like a uncontrollable a-hole to people because he's like manic and like frantic or like the biomechanical and it's like you know he secludes himself into like this like cold existence where everybody leaves him because he's untouchable um you know and then you can you can do like a 10-page arc for each one of those yeah um you know i've got the the other one where like desmond phillips meets like um uncancered desmond phillips in a different dimension who's like a real successful you know tech dude who drives like your Prius and doesn't draw and doesn't have a nice physique and doesn't do anything cool. Um, but there's like a level of envy when they meet him because it's like, look, I'm this fucking guy got off scot-free. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> um, so I, it's just like, I think that 
there's so many potential um, avenues that I can explore with like just the character development alone that like it'll give people something to really latch on to. Yeah. Um, and then there's also like this whole universe of other enhanced humans that I can spin off into other books. You know, like I've got uh, a character called Ribbon. Um, and as far as like compelling like protagonists go, like I want her to be like that that beacon for the little girl who hates being bald. You know, but like right, um, yeah. You know, uh, so you know, just uh, there's there's tons of things that I've been able to observe um, that I'm going to apply to these right to my writing and to my my artwork. Hmm. Now, is uh, have you released any issues yet? I mean, I know you're doing a Kickstarter right now campaign. Is that so? Um, have any issues come out yet? Digital print. What's the plan for that? Um. So I did. Uh, I had all nine of my books on Comicsology for a little bit. So digital. Okay. Um, yeah. But the they switched over to KDP format, um, which meant that anybody that wants their stuff to be continued to be distributed, you had to reformat. Um, first so that it could be like encompassed into their print on demand and stuff too. Got it. Um, I just like, I had this, like this real hard talk with myself where I was like, self, what are we doing here? Um, and, uh, and it's like, I can either spend the like two hours a book to do that or say, screw it. And then just take it all to print and learn how to format my books myself. And, um, you know, start from that point forward. Uh, so issue zero, aside from like, like, uh, in 2019, like three months after finishing my books, I did like my first like print run of like these very, like, like, I think I did 25 copies uh-huh. of like my the second issue. Um, whereas like, you know, I just looked through it and I was like, Oh, cool. You know, like it's, it's a paper thing, like whatever. Right. Um, but the taking it back to the issue zero and then starting with like a real friendly handshake, um, it's kind of my way of like busting into the indie comics market and, um, uh, you know, just starting off on a real positive note. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, man. That to, uh, be able to have, have that. And, you know, I mean, just to be able to own your own product and do whatever you want with it too, and take it to any format as however you want is so, I think like crucial in any art now, it's the name of the game, you know, I mean, owning your own product instead of going, you know, you can create an avenue anywhere instead of you don't have to go to these big conglomerates and need, you know, certain specifics and stuff like that. You can kind of do it and make it and find an an audience. Yeah, well, I guess like especially with comedy, like uh, Andrew Schultz is the big uh, the big talk with that stuff. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Took his stuff back and then released it for his own um, rights or whatever. So Mm -hmm. like. I think like the the independent spirit is pretty it's pretty incredible you know like it, it's like uh, we we live in this world where it's like like in Canada there's like two telecom community like uh, companies where it's like Bell and Rogers yeah and they own everything like even if you go and you get like you know a Fido phone it's still owned by like Rogers or if you get Kudo it's still owned by Bell so it's like you know these massive things but like there's still this avenue I'm not you know I'm not about to invent a cell phone. But like, um, you know, I think it's just like, there's still like, there's other aspects because now everything is so open for connection that like, you know, there, you can just like, it's like the neuroplasticity of the brain. There's like this jujitsu thing that you can do where you can just like bypass something. And if you do it well, you can do better than, you know, the other people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely, uh, Man, there's there's so many ways to get stuff out there now. It's great. The uh, with so with the comic book, I got asked too. Or were you like a comic book fan growing up, or was it what what made you choose this medium? Um, yeah, for sure. Like Saturday morning cartoons and stuff. Like I used to uh, I used to have a homie in the hospital who would draw me Spider Man masks. Okay. And so I'd like whip around on the uh, the chemo. My dad would push me on the chemo pole, and you know, like if they had like special guests, like "Hey, Spider Man," you know. So like, <laughs> uh, so I had like that the empowerment of like the super lifestyle at a very early age, um, and uh, you know, the, the like the little like the little tiny violin comes out whenever I say like I could look at comments, but I could never read them, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like. It is like it's a factor where it's like the the visual storytelling grabbed me, um, and then like uh, the like the automatopoeia, the big crash, bang, boom, snick, like mm-hmm. all the cool like lettering and stuff like that kind of allowed me to like connect to the bigger stuff. Um, you know, the cartoons were a godsend, right? Like um, 
being able to watch like your animated series and all that stuff kind of like you know allowed me to fake it enough when i went to the movie theaters it was like oh wolverine's actually from canada you know like it as if like i had like that leg up or whatever um but uh yeah so it, like from a very early age like when i was like you know around like probably just a little bit earlier than 10 i got my first issue of spawn right and i was like that oh look at that look yeah at that sweet war you know and uh and my parents god love them again they're just like us kids got enough shit going on in his life what's a little bit of uh graphics on paper right? sure can't um, kill him so, yeah so, so that was it so it's just like um always a fan of comic books always a fan of art you know cartoons power rangers drawing drawing was my catharsis um I mean, how, how difficult how difficult was it to develop a style and develop in kind of your art when you, you it was such a challenge to see? I'm still at the point where people tell me that I have a cool style, and I'm like, do I? <laughs> you know, like, hey, I have to take like, your word for it, man. <laughs> like, but it's true though. Where it's like, I think that like if you like, I don't seek to like, you know. I had a buddy of mine say, you've got a cool graffiti manga thing going on. I'm like, okay, let me check my notes. I wasn't trying for that, but if that's what you see, cool. You know? Um, I can see that description. Uh, Perusing your art, I can see that description as, uh, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and like, and I don't take anything as a dick either, right? Like, you know, for me, it's like, I put the pressure on myself for people to be able to see my art first like understand what i've got going on what like conceptually that's that's for that's anybody's game right like god knows what i've got going on in my head sometimes but as long as you can kind of see that there's elements that like are recognizable then it's good mm-hmm. um the you know and so like <clears throat> years ago when i was uh getting in like before i started tattooing um my buddy who would end up mentoring me he's like a great big punk rock viking dude named thor and uh and he was telling me about the when he got into art he's like I was real tired of the violence in the 90s, so, you know, I did an art show one day, and everybody came, and all my friends were there, and it was really cool. And this asshole came up with the dart in his mouth, and he's like, hey, bro, this is really cool. And I was like, thanks, man. He's like, but you're kind of like the fucking, you know, the gorilla who paints. You know, he just sits in the, everybody, they want to come see, they don't want to come see the artwork. They want to come see the big dumb monkey who's just slapping paint everywhere, right? And so, like, it was this moment where, like, uh, where I could, I could feel the hurt in him when he was laughing about the story as yeah dude mm-hmm. um but like this light bulb went off on my head and i was just like man it's not about like it's not about being the gorilla who paints it's about being the painting gorilla you know um and uh and so like my tat like you know three months three three weeks later or whatever i go on an email like hey man you inspired me here's my new business name right so like i'm the painting gorilla custom tattoos or whatever right so like um so he's like oh yeah yeah i get it i get it dick <laughs> um but the the whole thing is it's like like if if they're like if you have a shtick or a gimmick or something that makes you unique um it's about controlling the narrative right and so like um when people see my artwork uh i i strive to just produce like dynamically like kick-ass imagery and then like when people are like oh that's really cool that's something different that i haven't seen before it's really cool uh, I'll check it out. Oh, it's a, a story about this dude's, you know, uh, life with childhood cancer. That's relatable. It's pretty. Let's see what it's got. Oh, you can't see? You know, and it's like that double take. And so it's like, I think if you can lead people along the right narrative so that when they get to um, uh, talking about it with you, like there's not to like bypass it too much, but I've seen a few like stand up comedians that have like cerebral palsy or Down syndrome and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And like these guys murder oh yeah because they're controlling their narrative right and like and it's like um i don't know the dude's name you've probably seen him he's got like the real big mop of curly hair and like um like he's got paralysis in some of his joints and like when he's up there josh blue that's the man yeah i've I've worked i've worked with i've opened for josh blue He's like he's a fucking amazing guy too he's like the nicest guy he's so cool yeah and like but his timing like, he does that thing where he, like, he sets the joke up, and when you're like, oh, yeah, he's obviously talking about being disabled. Like, I, I saw a shtick about um, about uh, his sisters convincing him he was a girl or whatever, that he was going to menstruate, right? And, like, and I was just, and, like he, he starts leading and building up, building up, building up, building up, and, like, and then, like, he either takes, like, the obvious route, or he, like, 
diverts completely in a different direction. But like he does this perfect thing where it's like he owns what's him, you know, like yeah. Um, it's, it's and so I think that there's something so powerful to be said about that. Um, and so that's what I strive to do. It's like if, if I can't kill him with kindness first, then they're gonna look at my artwork and then I'd be like, oh, he thinks he can draw. Huh? You know? so, um, so developing like my style is just a matter of smelling way too much paper. Um, you know, the, uh, when I was in school, they were like, oh, Douglas, we're going to sit you up in front of the chalkboard. And like, we're talking like, like comedically close. Like I had like this giant, like drafting table desk that like I had so that I could raise up and like read my paper without cranking my neck and stuff like that. Right. That would be up against the blackboard. Like, (laughs) you know, Mrs. Hook would have to lean over my desk to like write something. And then like, you know, Douglas, would you like to read that? I don't know what memo you guys missed, but it just, it's not, it's not going to happen, right? So, um, so I spent all my time drawing. Um, wow. So like, you know, I drew through class, I drew on my notebooks, I drew on my hilariously large print textbooks. Um, you know, when I got into my teenage years, I drew on the side of some of buildings, you know? Um, but uh, it's, just, it's just like, it's a matter of like, um, as far as, developing anything i don't know you know it's just it gets better if it's not better than the last one then i don't do it the same way the next time yeah Um, (laughs) that's a good i got a good uh, rule of thumb i suppose so yeah um well the uh any plans for books after this or is this kind of the main focus what you're working on for Um, the foreseeable future like i said i've got a few projects that are coming out of the woodwork um with some other really cool dudes um but as far as like what i have with chiasm already i really want to um use zero as a springboard to be able to like um have some fun with what i've already created and smash them into some larger volumes that i can release um for an affordable affordable number um just to continue keeping the story going yeah Uh, and uh and just continue like i've got like i want to do a coffee table book of pictures of clouds with my drawing of what I see in the clouds beside it, you know, and I, like I've got this whole list of stuff that like I want to continue creating and whatever. So, um, so chiasm is just going to be like my my constant passion project. One day I'm gonna be like, oh shit, issue three hundred, huh? Yeah, you know? and wow. Like, and and is you know so, um, so yeah. I mean, it's gonna take. The 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 problem is if I can keep making money making comics, it's just gonna keep happening. So, yeah, that's uh, that seems doesn't seems like a good problem to have. I tell you what. Uh, so yeah, my wife told me she wants a lake house the other day. So I guess yeah, I, I guess you got you got to make more comics. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Doug, uh, tell everyone where they can find the Kickstarter to help uh, kick in. Uh, tell them where they can find you, social media stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I for the Kickstarter, you can just search Chiasm, C H, I A, S M, zero. And you should find it. There's uh, there aren't too many other chiasm projects. Sure. If you get to the chasm Kickstarter, you've gone too far. Yeah, you're in the wrong um, spot. <laughs> so, uh, or you can search Cross Eye Comics. It's on until August 28th, uh, so we're into like the last nine days. Um, but uh, but if you make your way there, it's all in Canadian dollars, so it's extraordinarily accessible. Um, the uh, you know uh, otherwise like CrossEyeComics.com has my my sob story and some art that I do. Um, and then, uh, like Instagram, I do everything through Instagram. Okay. Um, it's at cross eye comics. Um, it's the easiest place for, uh, you know, um, uh, Q and A's and constant art updates and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's, and you can like cross post it to everywhere. I tried TikTok. <sighs> just, it just, it was more of a battery drain than it was a, a asset for me. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I feel you there. <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, Cross Eye Comics, there's no D in there. C R O S S E Y E C O M I C S. And that's uh, that's where you can find me, or just look for my mug. All right. Uh, well, Doug, um, anything else you want to get out there before we uh, get out of here today? Um, I think just uh, stress positivity in, in these crazy times. Uh, you know, it's sometimes better to take a creative avenue than. Uh, than an aggressive one and uh you know if you can laugh laugh and if you can create create but uh don't create children unless you're ready to create children (laughs) that is 
Great advice. Uh, part of the reason I have no kids. Uh, so, uh, all right, guys. Well, go find Doug. Follow him. He's a very talented artist. Help support him. Um, check out all the projects he's got coming up. His Kickstarter kicking a couple bucks. Um, the uh, he is connected with our friends at Lesser Known Comics, so you know you know where to find them. Uh, make sure you're supporting them too. Check them out. They've got a ton of projects always coming out. Uh, you can also get uh, some of their titles off of my Kickstarter too. So if you back, then. Uh Mark will make sure that you get a, a pretty bundle out of them. Nice. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You get some stuff. Uh, check out all a bunch. Get a bunch of stuff from Lesser Known Comics. So, uh, And that uh, that's it, guys. Make sure you follow him, and you'll we'll get links to all the stuff in the show notes for this episode. Uh, again, as for me, go to dececomedy.com. Check out everything going on. Um, I've been good about getting back to the weekly schedule. Uh, I'm going to be on the road again a lot the next couple months, but I'm going to keep these things coming out once a week for you. I try and be diligent with that. Uh, and uh, go check out those live show dates. I'll be in a sh- town near you soon. Uh, otherwise, guys, uh, thanks for hanging out for the social. I've been decent for Doug. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks, everyone. And we will see you all next week. Bye.